Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Welcome to our guided liturgy podcast. We're glad to have you with us, and our prayer and our hope for you is that you would encounter the beauty and the presence of Christ as we pray, confess, and center on Scripture. Peace to you. Bloom, let's join with the church worldwide and pray the prayer of the day. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins, and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please join me for the prayers. We pray for the coming of God's kingdom. You sent your Son to bring good news to the poor, sight to the blind, freedom to the captives, and salvation to your people. Anoint us with your Spirit. Rouse us to work in his name. Father, by your Spirit, bring bring in your kingdom. Send us to bring help to the poor and freedom to the oppressed. Father, by your Spirit, Bring in your kingdom. Send us to tell the world of the good news of your healing love. Father, by your Spirit, bring in your kingdom. Send us to those who mourn and bring joy and gladness instead of grief. Father, by your Spirit, bring in your kingdom. Send us to proclaim that the time is here for you to save your people. Father, by your Spirit, bring bring in your kingdom. Lord of the Church, hear our prayer and make us one in mind and heart to serve you in Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. By the mercies of God, let us confess our sin and present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him, which is our spiritual worship. Lord Jesus, illuminate the darkness in our hearts. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, open our eyes to your saving love. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, unstop our ears to hear your living word. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Courage to open our doors and 
Hear a reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught, and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground, than he blows on them and they wither, 
and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Hear a reading from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. What strikes me about this story is that in the middle of the scene of healing this woman who had been sick and then the crowds of people being brought to Jesus who were afflicted in different ways and they're being healed and we see what restoration and healing looks like displayed here where we live. It's just, it's beautiful and it's captivating and I'm sure for those who were a part of the story that it was life-changing and awakened something in them that had been waiting to meet love incarnate, healing incarnate, Christ. And then we see Jesus like retreat to the wilderness to pray, to recenter, and to with intention open himself up to the will of the divine. We see him after this experience change his course and move on to the town's that he had not yet visited. 
to me, it all speaks of a greater flow, of a greater energy of the divine that's dictating his life and captivating his imagination of what restoration looks like on planet Earth with these people in these towns. I think that it's easy for the demands of today, for the felt need to be that which dictates our lives, our actions, our prayers, and the direction of our energy, the outpouring of all that we have to give to this world. But we see in Jesus that it's this divine flow. It's this larger story. It's this other than that directs his path, his energy, how it is that he pours out all that he is for others. And it really does call us into something that is supernatural, that while there are things to be done, there are people in need all around us, that there is something still greater than us that calls us to even a more robust and beautiful expression of us being who we are to the world. That's what we see in Jesus. And I think that's the invitation for us who are open to the spirit, to the presence of Christ and to the leading of Christ in our own lives, that in this day, in this hour, we would be assumed into a larger story and a larger flow. And so how does that affect the way in which we approach our world and the hurt and the pain, the isolation, the depression, the anxiety that we see all around us, that we feel within ourselves? How does it affect the way in which we find solace, in which we find places of prayer and openness? And how does it affect the way in which we go forward, in which we approach our world in new territories and new places and new stories that we encounter? Are we caught up into the flow of the divine that supersedes all things? That's what hits me. That's what strikes me about this story and how Jesus so beautifully lives out care and compassion and healing and a heart to be drawn into the flow of the divine in our world that's healing and moving in places that we cannot see but we are nevertheless invited to enter into. Um, I help people with barriers get careers, which means, honestly, most of what I do is stabilize people who have huge gaps. Um, The starting line isn't in the same place, and that's what I do is I coach them. I think the thing that Jesus continues to call me into in that space that feels familiar is that it's not really about what I'm doing. It's really about showing up every day and not letting, quite honestly, very hard things weigh me down to the point of not being able to function anymore, which it tries to do. So as I think about what this would mean now in this time for people, I do just want to offer a, a, an exercise I've been doing whenever somebody tells me something that is too hard for me to immediately take in um, without fully panicking or fully feeling alone or that it's my full responsibility to fix everything, which is that um, I imagine that I'm standing in the center of a river and the river's water suddenly started flowing really fast and hard against my body. And I close my eyes and I ask Jesus to make me transparent so that the water flows through me and it's not fighting me anymore. 
And for me, in my mind, this is a letting go, that it's my responsibility to fix what feels like a really stressful or hard moment, but that it's part of a story that Jesus is already doing. And it works really well for me. Um, it sounds probably kind of dumb. Um, I usually have to close my eyes for a minute. <laughs> but I do want to offer that um, because I think it works in my life, too, when I feel sad, sadness, um, the weight of just long-term isolation, the things that try and like push me over in the river with the strong current to remind me that it's not my doing, it's, it's Christ's, and that the water can flow through me, not against me. I could not do what I do long-term if I did not have the Spirit saying to me every day, it is my work, not yours. Thank you for showing up today. <laughs> when I was listening to the scripture again, Dave read it to us first before we started, and then we read it here together again. And I think the piece that stuck out to me as we think about being doers, mm -hmm. I think that comes more naturally to us wanting to do, wanting to fix, even being speakers, wanting to say things. And if we're not those that are outspoken, at least we're thinkers and we're thinking things. And it's always this, like you're saying, Dulcie, this kind of in our own power of trying to wrap our heads or selves around what's coming our way. Mm -hmm. And I think the piece that stuck out to me the most in this passage is that I have to believe that Jesus was such an intent listener. Mm. And that's the piece that I think is hardest for most of us. I'm sure Jesus had a lot of things to say on that, in that secluded place with the Lord, and I'm sure he did say them, but I don't think he would have known what to do next without listening. And so I'm not advocating that prayer doesn't involve us sharing our hearts and crying out and all of that, but I think there's a listening piece that easily gets skipped over because after we've cried out and shared it, then we leave it and can sometimes walk away. And it's that listening piece that I think is often most transformational, but I think it also transfers over into how we carry out the work mm -hmm. of the Father. And that more often than not, it probably includes a lot more listening than the doing and the speaking and the thinking, at least initially. And I think mm -hmm. of Udolce and just the list, the holding space with people and, and listening and honoring their words. And it then is in the listening that you then, you, you know, have the spirit to lead you into how to act so that it's not like there's no action. Right. Um, but that listening piece is so valuable on so many levels to honor people and to um, value them and to connect with them. It, it makes them feel seen. And, and the same, I think, is true in our relationship with the Father. Because even though it, it takes discipline and it, and it does take work to listen and learn to recognize the voice of the Father, that's a discipline. But there's a whole other aspect of his character that we get to experience when we begin to hear from him. 
and the flow, what flows out of that is more than anything that, you know, we can come up with on our own. Mm. You know, we said uh, for a while around, around Bloom is that really what we're doing together is we're listening and we're obeying. And that is the life of a follower of Christ, that we listen to the voice of Christ and we, we obey, we go forth from that place. And this is um, such an example and a picture of what that looks like, that Jesus walked away from all that was going on, which was beautiful. I mean, it was why he came and he retreated to listen and to obey, to move forward from that place. I love how y'all are, are saying that happens in your own lives. And for someone who really has to fight for that to happen in my own life, it's inspiring to hear that, that the source and the inspiration and the care comes from that place of, of prayer, of listening. It's interesting because we laughed about it before, but the more accurate translation uh, describing the disciples trying to find him in that place is that they were hunting for him. I mean, they were like with aggression saying, you need to get yourself back off this hill and go heal some people. <laughs> and it's, I mean, in the, in the natural lens, yes, go do that. But in the, in the realm of the divine, of the work of Christ, that's so much bigger than what we can manage and hold and understand, there is another path. And I think I, as, as y'all were talking, I was thinking, I've always seen this story as like he was abandoning the need in one town to go to the other. But then I was thinking, but Christ has this way of holding all things and all communities and all people and I love that he went on, that he even articulated to his disciples, this is why I came, that this force of love and this force of healing would be experienced by all, not just some. And what a reminder in today's age and in the times that we're living that Christ is for all, not just one part, not one geography, not one ethnicity, not one socioeconomic status, but for all. Mm -hmm. And even that, even that comes from that place of divine inspiration of listening. Mm -hmm. Otherwise we just would see a piece of what Christ is about, not the whole. It's just um, more invitation for me to try to get myself out of bed and in a place where I can listen in the morning and so easier said than done, but so needed. I, I kind of see this passage as showing the human side of Jesus, mm-hmm. where he's like, this is overwhelming, is almost how I read it. Like, he's going and I mean, that would be an intense experience to, to cast out demons. Yeah. I would need to take a break <laughs> after something like that. And so to, to see that he's prioritizing... Just, I mean, I don't know what he's prioritizing. He's prioritizing time with the Father, really. He's prioritizing his connection with God, essentially by saying, I need to go and pray after this. But the world keeps moving anyway. And the disciples are like, where, is, where are you? We were trying to find you. So it makes me think of the time that we're in now where there are so many needs yeah. that are so easy to see right now. 
they're just it's like what you're saying what you have been saying about the the water level lowering and we can start to see these things that are that have always been there but that are just so much more prominent now now that the whole world has been essentially shut down for almost a year now yeah we're beginning to see all of these needs arise because people are hurting and yet there's no way that we can do everything. There's no way that we can even prioritize the, there's so many things to prioritize. So I, I think it's a good example in the son of God himself of just taking a step back and saying, just to refocus is almost what it seems like. Mm-hmm. And it seems weird to say that about Jesus. Like, does Jesus really need to refocus? But it's, I think it shows his humanity. Yeah. I think it shows yeah. him. He's human. Yeah. He, yeah, he's fully human while being fully God. That's <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. So he's got to step back and just not allow the needs of the world to overwhelm him, but to do what he can where he is, knowing that he has a short time on this earth. He's like, we got to get moving. The work will be done. I'm, I'm just kind of planting seeds, you know? Yeah. I just wonder if there's an invitation where he had taught or where people were being discipled Mm -hmm. to continue the work that he was doing. It allows us to be a part of his bigger story. Mm -hmm. He, he makes it not just about him. And as he leaves, maybe, you know, maybe there he's, he knows there are people who are going to, to pray in over people and they're Mm going to be healed in my name because I've taught you that mm-hmm. and I'm going to let you now join me in this bigger story. And I'm inviting you into that. And if I stay, what? I mean, we miss out on getting to participate with him. I think that's mm-hmm. his grace and his goodness and his generosity to us. And I think we also know, you know, we know the whole meta narrative. We know the whole story. We know that Jesus isn't just leaving these people high and dry, mm-hmm. but he's building his church as he goes, right? right? Like right. these people that are following him are going to be the ones to continue the work that he's doing when he's gone. Right. And I, I can't imagine they would forget that experience, that they would forget the experience that, that the scripture talks about that we just read and that they would hopefully go back and build churches and meet needs, which right. is the point mm-hmm. of the church back then. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? It's certainly how he functions. He raises up his disciples to do those things that he did. He tells them that you will do greater things than me and that you are the light. Um, And it reminds us of him telling his disciples on his ascension that it is better for you that I go, Mm -hmm. that the Spirit would come. Mm -hmm. And you'd see the force of love and healing and restoration flow from your lives as you've seen it flow through me, which really, to me, begs the question to us and to our community, where is our solitary place? Mm. Where is it that we find escape, but that we hear the voice of the Spirit and that we allow ourselves to be drawn into that larger story, into the reality that we are all held, we can't explain everything that's going on in our world and how Christ is working, but we know that we're held and loved and we can hear the voice of the shepherd 
That's what Jesus says to those who, who would listen, that, that you'll hear my voice. You'll know my voice. I'll guide you. And that's, we've seen that proven to be true throughout the history of the church and those who would open themselves up to the voice of Christ. And we've seen it to be true now that he speaks to us. So I think it does go back to we were saying earlier, are we listening? Are we assuming that we can carry the weight of the world and the hurt and the pain that we encounter ourselves? Or have we been convinced that our lives and our actions and our prayers are part of something so much bigger and so much more beautiful than we could ever imagine? And it's through those moments of opening up, listening, seeking solitude, we encounter the realm of the divine. Bloom, our prayer for you is that you would find these same pockets of deep quiet and peace to interact with the spirit, to be met with your own needs, to know there's hope for healing, um, but mostly to know that you are very deeply, deeply loved, just exactly right where you're at right now. We pray that over you. We pray peace and hope and even joy. Someday joy. Amen. Amen.